0: Welcome to Uncontained, episode 118. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render. On the show today, I speak with a stand-up comic on the rise out of Oakland, California. Lucky Dallas, Lucky, and I sit down and talk in Oakland before a stand-up competition that he hosts at Level Thirteen Lounge. And Lucky has recently been in a stand-up competition of his own. You guys have heard of Kevin Hart, right? Right. Well, Kevin Hart has a series called Heart of the City, auditioning comics from certain cities from across the country and doing a showcase. At the time of the interview, Lucky didn't even know if he was picked yet, and uh, we'll have to wait and find out. But Lucky has already shared the stage with some huge names, including Dave Chappelle, hosting for Martin Lawrence, and also doing a skit with Arsenio Hall. We'll talk about all of that in the show as well, along with how he managed to get sponsored by Marshawn Lynch's Beast Mode clothing label. So, Lucky has some amazing things on the way. Definitely keep your eyes open for what's to come. And also, right now, I'm going to hook you up with a little stand-up from Lucky Dollars right here on Uncontained. I'm a first time father. I love my son to death. Nothing more, nothing more precious. All you
1: men out there, my baby and his and the other thing, the kids for life. nothing more precious than that. No matter what the situation is with you and the mother, the kids shouldn't have to suffer because of it. You can't be mad that she don't want to deal with you no more, brother.
0: Because
1: you're not the best brother out there. You both know that. That's why she's moving on. Stay woke. So, I've been doing the comedy, man, and you know, they started to notice me and stuff like that. And then sometimes I'll be forgetful. Like, I forget small things, like the simple things for my little boy, you know, he's four. So I forget the small things, you know, like buying clothes. <laughs> Don't, don't judge me, Lord, it's working on me, overtime. Tell you, my angels up there down with bulletproof vests and everything, they're ready for war, two Bibles. So, the mother of my child, she texted me, she said, you know, your son needs some clothes. I texted her back, all right, cool. I guess I didn't move fast enough, because you know, when women tell you to do something, they mean right now. I don't even want you to have a thought about nothing else, not nothing, just do it. So because I didn't move fast enough, she decided to call me. She called me, she said, yeah, I see you over there with Mike and she started to get your little funny man famous. Okay, your son needs some clothes. I said, okay, cool, We'll put my son on the phone. I said, son, let me ask you a question. Would you like some clothes? Or do you want to go to Chuck E. G? Chucky cheese. I said, say a lot, I said your mama can hear you. I said Chuck I said, that's daddy boy, put your mama on
0: the
1: phone. She didn't like that at all. She was not feeling none of that. So I said, okay, I'm about to go get my son. She texted me with these little eyeballs, like. Her. And that's how I just seen her like. And I'm like, okay. So, when I get to the apartment, I'm thinking it's the same thing. I walk up the steps, turn the corner, almost get to the door. I see her with my son like this. Put him out, she went to close the door. <laughs> and you know my son was naked. I grab my little mini here, I get the note, the note saying, yeah, now funny man, I got your attention, let me ask you a question. (laughs) Do you wanna get him some clothes down? Or do you wanna go to (laughs) Chucky's?
0: On the show today, I have stand-up comedian Lucky Dollars. How you doing today, Lucky? Hey, what's up, man? I'm doing very good. I'm doing good. I'm doing all right, good. all right, man. Thank you for joining me on the show. Um, I actually saw you for the first time a couple months back at uh, Tommy T's in Pleasanton. Uh, what have you been up to since then, man? Oh, man. Since then, a couple months ago,
1: uh, I have went on tour with Ryan Davis. Uh, that was a great experience. That was after coming off tour with uh, Jess Hilarious. Those are the two like hottest people on uh, social media. But Ryan Davis, he's a stand-up comedian in his own right. He started doing stand-up and he popped up. But since then, and I've done the um, Paramount Theater in Oakland, California, both nights at the uh, Laugh Fest. I was introduced on the stage by Arsenio Hall. Oh, and, nice. Dude, that was awesome. I, and at the end of my set, he told me I killed it. So that was heavy, and I just did the um, Hollywood Improv on the Monday nights with D-Ray Davis, and uh, Dave Chappelle happened to take the mic that night, and uh, everybody else got bumped, so I performed that night with Dave Chappelle.
0: Wow, what was that like, uh, sharing a stage with Dave Chappelle? It was the most
1: craziest, funnest, awe-inspired moment I've ever had in my life, dealing with comedy. Um, just based on the first time I ever hosted a show was at Tommy T's for Dick Gregory and Paul Mooney. So that was a huge highlight in my my career just at the beginning. And so when I'm at the Hollywood Improv and on Melrose, so I'm coming this Monday nights. It's you know, Spike Thompson, he runs a good room there, you know, D-Ray Davis the host. So I'm there and I... You know, the show. You know, start a little late. You know, whatever. So D-Ray comes up. He introduces a lady. She goes up. He goes up again. He introduces me. I do my thing. You know, I'm feeling good. I did 15 minutes. It was cool. They, they laughed. I did a really good job. People, oh, you are really funny. High fiving me. So I went outside just to you know absorb the moment. While I'm outside, uh, the comics. You know what I'm saying? For like 15 minutes, the comics start coming outside, and I'm like, what's going on? They're like, you don't know what's going on? They're like, you know who's on the stage? I'm like, no, who? They're like Dave Chappelle, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Dave Chappelle's on the stage, and I'm like, cause last week I was thinking about, damn, when he gonna be back in San Francisco? So I go see him, yeah, it's just a ticket, and you know, now he's on the stage, and man, my seat is is, is uh, two seats away from the stage, and I'm out here, you know, four twenty and having a fun four twenty moment, and. Man, I go get me a drink, go up in there, watch Dave Chappelle talk for two hours, and have and and just just admired it. And after that, I went outside, and people were congratulating me about what I did on the show. And Dave comes out, and I get to take a picture with him.
0: That's awesome, man! Did he get to check out your set, or
1: uh, I'm not sure. I'm really I'm not sure if he checked out my set. I know that when he seen everybody um, shaking my hand when they were coming out of the club, uh, telling me I did a good job. I guess he had, I mean, shoot, the people coming out saying I did a good job. So yeah. he, came, he tapped me on the back. Oh, good job. And kept walking. I'm like, <laughs> like Dave Chappelle just hit me on the back. I'm never washing my back again.
0: It's like, I hope that shit rubs off.
1: <laughs> Man, I felt like Cindy Brady. <laughs> never washing again.
0: Man, so like, did, so he did two hours on stage, He did right? two
1: hours on stage, which all the other comics already knew. I didn't know that. But I'm a, such a fan and in awe of Dave Chappelle, you know, the $50 million, well, $60 million man. Yeah, and I'm sitting here watching him. He's buff now, got a chain, he sh- drinks, Smoke. right He's got there. the vape He's, on stage. <laughs> not the vape. He asked his partner for some t- t- and just lit the cigarette, like, let's do it. Like, fuck him. They like. And everybody like, well, he's smoking in his club. If the club, co- man, he got enough money to pay this little ticket, man. The man got 60000000 million. I'm sure this little $200 ticket ain't going to hurt him. Matter of fact, he might give you a tip. He'll take 200 you bastard.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw him on his Netflix special. He had like uh-huh. the vape pen. Wait, yeah. He was more than half-baked right there. I'll tell you that shit. <laughs> <laughs> ah, love this donut. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It's, gotta love living in California for that shit, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I love
1: living in California for that. Shout out Yali Bird. Shout out Yali Bird. If I'm over in San Francisco, man, on Mission Street. Yali Bird. Check it out. All right. All right. Is that a, a recreational place? Yes, it is recreational. All you gotta do is have your ID.
0: All right. Perfect. All right. So besides checking out Dave Chappelle in L.A., man, um, what what else you got going on? I actually before I jump in further for their head, I uh-huh. was looking online. I saw you've done a little acting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've done acting. I have a short film out called Fools and Babies. And uh, my buddy did that for me and it was fun. And after I did that, people started asking me, well, man, you might want to do acting. But I'm like, well, let me figure this comedy thing out first and then I'll try to act. Him. But I just, I do it all. I figure that I got enough talent to sustain all of it. So I just, you know, try my hand at anything and, you know, you never know what's going to stick.
0: Right, man. I also saw a movie called, like, Yo Baby Mama or something like that.
1: Oh, it, it was a video. A video. A video. Called, uh, it was Yo like, Yo like a short. Baby Daddy Boosie. It's another short film. It's called Yo Baby Daddy Boosie, meaning that that's for women who had a child by a man and he does nothing for the child. He doesn't take care of the child, he doesn't see the child, he doesn't give her any money, he act like she had a child on her own. He is a very he is a person that every individual in the inner city or anywhere looks down upon because he's just creating this mess. He's adding to the mess. So he's bootsy for that. So that's a word that we use called bootsy. So okay. your baby daddy bootsy. Shout out Con B and R block for that. I'm learning shit today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, it's gonna be a wealth of knowledge. We keep it real. Right. <laughs> it's lucky dollar. Jerry Law for the
0: white people. So Bootsy can I still call you lucky dollar though, even yes, though I'm you white. Lucky all, dollar, right, dollar, all right, all right, all right, cool. You. I just I, I just want to lucky make sure dollar, I have right. that. Stay with lucky all dollar. All right, so stay with lucky cream dollar dollar, dollar, dollar bill, dollar.
1: y'all. Almighty <laughs> <A> dollar.
0: <laughs> and you're a singer too, then, huh?
1: Just a little bit, man. Because <laughs> see, growing up in the '90s, and um, growing up, you wanted to. You wanted to make the woman feel comfortable. You wanted to show her that, hey, I'm really interested in you, so you wanted to take her out. You wanted to, her to feel as comfortable as possible and, you know, singing to the ladies, you know, if you really liked it enough, you would sing to her and you would... I'm intelligent enough. I come up with a song. I look at her and I just sing about what she has on. Sing about her and you know it. Hey, and that's what you do. You serenade the woman almost. Today they want to call her a bitch and slap her and (laughs) like damn, you don't even. There ain't no foreplay. Just give me the pussy hole. (laughs) Damn, you ain't just changed. I don't. I like to sing to the woman. <laughs> she like to sing better.
0: <laughs> yeah, if I sing, they just run away, man. It's not what? pretty. It's but, not hey, pretty. you never
1: know. You might be able. You know, maybe, come, maybe, maybe, maybe I some could. Country music, maybe country music. Country
0: music always have a story too. Oh man, that country music, man. It's not not for me. Not and for not me. I, if I tried something, if I tried something, I'd be trying to go like the Sinatra style singing. I might have a chance. Ay, I like that, man. That's so elegant. Have a you know vodka or
1: scotch. And you back there, you I like that.
0: Bro. Singing about that's why the lady is a tramp. Wait, no, wait, no, that's back back to uh, back to how <laughs> they do it today. I'm sorry, man. I mixed that up. <laughs> school me, school me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's what it is, man. They crazy.
0: All right. So so you were telling me just a little bit ago you worked with Martin Lawrence as well? Martin Lawrence, actually,
1: I didn't work with him. What happened was Martin Lawrence has a tour out called the Littest Fuck Tour. And so Martin Lawrence, uh, and that's and uh, he came to Oakland to the Coliseum. I mean, to the uh, to the theater, and I mean not the theater. My bad. Forgive me for you know not giving him his greatness. He came to the Oracle Arena.
0: All right, all right. Doing stadiums play
1: the stadium, and he sold it out. And I have a buddy on there about the, that performed that night by the name of Dion Cole. Okay, Dion Cole saw me. I produce a monthly show at Tommy T's in Pleasanton, and Dion Cole came to one because he was performing that weekend. This particular night I had on a Thursday night. uh, He came, he saw me, and he asked me could he promote his show. And after that, he asked me what I was doing for the weekend. He said, man, you a hell of a host. He said, what you doing for the weekend? I said, messing with you if it's cool. And he was like, yeah. He said, you can host my show for the weekend. And the rest is history, man. It's been about two or three years, so every time him and his family feature uh ocean ocean glapion okay every time they come through you know what i'm saying they call me and i get to do the show with them and i'm uh, very thankful for that he was the first headliner that gave me that opportunity to host a show for the weekend in front of a sold out crowd so for the weekend i performed in front of like two thousand people and it was lovely I, I appreciate it and so when he's on the show he gives me vip passes i take a friend with me we go back there i meet you know um like uh, Jay Farrow, okay. Uh a couple other comics. And I knew Michael Blackson already. I've done like eight shows with him already. So I already knew Michael Blackson. And then, um, you know, me and Dion talked, took a picture. And then I went back there, talked to Martin for a minute, took a picture. And I asked Martin, like, well, what could you tell a young comic, you know, coming up? And he said, uh, he said, do you have a comedy room? Like a room. And I said, well, yeah. I said, I had two of them. I had a clean and a dirty. He said, do you still have one? I said, no. He said, get you a room. And so that's when I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And so now, uh, once a month, Tuesdays at Tommy T's, you can check the website, and you're going to see a One Night Only by Lucky Dollars, and I'm going to have the hottest, funniest comedians from around the United States, and uh, we're going to network. And I'm going to show you what this Northern California funny about. Okay, perfect, perfect. So is that what you uh, When – when is the next one of those? May 15th, Tuesday, May 15th. It's after Mother's Day. Uh, it's like $20 Tuesdays because I wanted to make it affordable for everybody. And so it's $10 admission and it's uh, $10 for a margarita and two tacos.
0: All right, man. So uh, who do you have
1: on this bill? This bill, the headliner, uh, you have seen him on BET or Def Jam. And it's, he goes by the name of Cool Bubba Ice. And he is hilarious. Cool. Bubba Ice is hilarious. He's an impressionist. Okay. And he does impressions. And he is very funny, man. And the guy, I had to bring him out to the Bay Area, especially to, uh, to Tommy T's, you know what I'm saying? Because Tommy T's is such prestigious. And, you know, that's my second family over there. Yeah. That's my comedy family. You know, they've adopted me. You know, you have Tommy... You have his wife, beautiful wife Gail. You have his son, Jenny, uh, uh, Jennifer, Johnny, and you got me, Jerry. So you know
0: you fit. The, you fit the theme of Jays. As, I'm, uh, right <laughs> I'm right there.
1: I'm right there
0: right on man so uh check that out may 15th uh they can find that uh like is it tommytease.com or absolutely
1: www.tommytease.com you can go to the website or you can follow me on instagram lucky dollars l-u-c-k-y-d-o-l-l-a-z-z and you can see the flyer on my page or jerry law on facebook or the luck show uh on facebook as well
0: all right, awesome. I'll have you plug those one more time at the end of the interview, and then I'll have those all in my show notes as well. Absolutely. So I'm going to go back to the first time where mm-hmm. I saw you. You were actually hosting a show, and uh, I'm not going to drop the comedian's name uh-huh. because it sounded kind of like he had a little bit of a breakdown on stage. I'm just going to say it now, but I'm going to edit it out. It was a uh, Oh, man. Uh yeah, so that comedian had a little bit of a breakdown on stage and then you got uh the crowd was crashed. The crowd was crashed, all down. You got up, you revived the crowd and made it funny again, man. So that that takes a lot to change the crowd's direction towards positive. Well, here's the irony and here's the deal with that. Um he is
1: actually Carlos Mencia's nephew. Really? I got the opportunity to do a weekend at Tommy T's with Carlos Mencia. Carlos Mencia had two other comics on the show, and me as a rookie and Carlos Mencia crowd was Mexican, I tore their ass up. And I did better than the two guys he brought okay. for the whole six shows. And after that, he, he was the first comedian that talked to me about taking me on the road, taking me on tour with him. And he said, be like me, but you can't be like me. And I understand that because Carlos Mencia has a little trouble for stealing jokes. Yeah. You know, so everybody, you know, and Joe Rogan was going tear his ass up and you know, with did them jokes. Joe Rogan do that MMA UFC shit. So, you know, he nobody to be fucking with. That's one white boy I don't even want to play with. You know what I'm saying? I hope I could do some comedy with him one day. But he tells me, hey man, I know you you run Tommy T's like you the Oakland boy over there, so I want you to come host my show. So I'm like, okay, great. And I didn't know. I've seen him do this set before, but it was in a room full of people that came to see Carlos Messia. Okay, and their minds are a little different. Yeah, their compartments are open where these people aren't. And so when he get up there with this. Uh, super duper duper super duper 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 super duper racist bit <laughs> for 20 minutes talking about nigger cracker white sp- yeah, spig me all of god dang brother what's going on are you okay he did cover them all though he yeah he did everything he went everywhere he went everywhere he was just so and i was like dude like here's the thing about comedy comedy is subjective the thing about comedy is that you can say anything if it's funny and if it's not funny, you're going to be a creep, but you have to get to a certain level in comedy and respect about that. Me personally, uh, I talk about reality real things in my life such as me I, you know i've been to prison i talk about that i talk about me being a first-time father I talk about me being a father that wanted to be i wanted to do the marriage be with the mother of my child but that just didn't happen you know for a variable you know for various amount of reasons but that didn't happen so i talk about those things the real things, gentrification in oakland like that and for you to just come out there and start disrespecting the crowd and saying all this stuff like i mean it's the last true off of a freedom of speech but Because we have this platform and our words are so powerful, I think that we should be responsible. Even though we have the freedom, you know, my grandmother used to always tell me, uh, make sure in her soul rest, she always used to say that, just because you can do something doesn't mean oftentimes you should do it. You know, just because you can do it don't mean you should do it. And I'm just not gonna go out here to these people that came to see me, A hundred plus crowd And I'm so thankful for them Or have a mini come out And I'm not gonna Like shit on them Man Like they come to be Entertained Not to become the entertainment and I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give them a great, funny show. And that's why when comics come on the luck show or you deal with lucky dollars, you get on my show and you have a bad set. I talk about you and because <laughs> you told me that you were funny and, and you weren't funny. And you, I talk about you. And if you talk about my crowd, I'm going to talk about you more because they came to see me and whoever else promoted the show and sometime not you. So we're going to get you
0: all right all right fair enough and another thing to go on top of what you said about just because you can do something doesn't mm-hmm. mean you should yeah also just because you can do something if you do it you do have certain consequences to face like if i got up on stage and just went all michael richards on shit mm-hmm. uh there would be some consequences on that, that
1: would be a different conversation
0: <laughs> <laughs> they would have said hey what
1: they say when they was talking Hey, man, what? Ooh, ah, uh, ooh, ah, uh, hey, help, ah! It would have been crazy. <laughs> it would have been crazy. It would have been crazy. Yeah, but you know, you don't do that. And I do a lot of all-white crowds. And I do corporate and I do churches. So my material has to cover everybody where everybody can relate and not be offensive.
0: Okay, so where do you get
1: that material from? Well, I get the material, I draw it from my life. I draw it from real... Things that would have that happened to me in my life, and I have a vocabulary. I don't have to cuss. I have a vocabulary. I know how to enunciate. I know how to pronounce stuff. I know how to express myself. Yeah. And the real true reason is that uh, I picked up a habit after I did the thing. After Dion Cole put me on, he came out to the crowd and was like, "What's up, motherfuckers?" So in an ode to him. For putting me on and letting me do that first weekend every time i come out i said what's up motherfuckers <laughs> like that right so i was writing this joke and my son he heard me and he looked he said daddy don't say that and i said you right but you can say it when it's necessary <laughs> So his mom brings him in the, the door like seven o'clock at night and it's me it's my brothers my homeboys we in there and he run up and he hugged me and he look at his my partners. He like, what's up, motherfuckers? Like that, they <laughs> laughing right. I'm like, oh no, boy, you can't do that. He said it's appropriate. They motherfuckers. I'm like, wait, <laughs> you five years old. Hold up, boy, wait a minute. So I, I said, if I can't write material that I can say in front of you, then I I'm gonna have to change it. Yeah. And so you know, and so my material now is most it's all clean. I mean, I cuss if I'm in a room and I deem that it's um very very urban yeah then, you know because in some some comedy rooms you can give material and in some comedy rooms they want you to uh talk shit yeah so like tonight i'm gonna talk shit i could do some material here but their minds might not get it so i'm gonna talk shit i'm gonna talk what they know you have to speak the language i'm a comedian that i improv a lot i improvise a lot and i can't perform in front of, uh uh, you know i perform for basically who's in front of me yeah I have my material which is universal, but I perform for who's in front of me so I can get the crowd on my side and then whatever I say after that, they are my fans.
0: So how is it that you treat, like, say, a predominantly white crowd different than an urban crowd? Well, you have to trial and error, you have to get
1: stage time, and you have to ask questions. And a white crowd, black people come to comedy shows and they say, I hope you funny. Okay. White people come to comedy shows and they are open to whatever's going on to see they're giving you a chance. They're like, oh, we're going to have a great time. We came to get drunk and laugh. And, you know, some black people do too. But most black people, I hope you funny. Like, yeah, uh-huh. Make me funny. laugh funny, man. Make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> get to the jokes. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like the white people, they come, they're just different. And so for me, I also know that white people are nasty. You know what I mean? I know that they like nasty shit and I know that they uh, <laughs> I know that they like one-liner jokes. Yeah. Like black people like stories. Okay. You know, you tell stories and black people like that and white people like one-liners. You know, like, hey, hey. I would tell my wife and she was over there and I told her, hey, you go left and she said, ah, I'm going right. <laughs> You'll never be right. You know, something crazy like that. Some <laughs> A little danger feeling you. Like, yeah, yeah, Rodney was my guy. You know what I mean? I've been running comedy all, all my life, man. Rodney was my guy. Rodney um the guy everybody hated he smoked cigarettes and he cussed a lot on stage yeah you know what i mean white guy he used to be like huh (laughs) and oh my god he was just amazing and he did his own thing and people you know they liked it but you know that was one of my i like rodney dangerfield
0: yeah there's a couple uh lines that i i remember from Rodney that really stick with me it's like uh, the, my, my wife she's so dumb uh, she has a reach inside a bra to count it too <laughs> i ain't getting no respect yeah and then the other <laughs> one was like the other day i went to the doctor to get a facelift and man, there was another one just like right under it
1: <laughs> he was stupid funny he was like mitch Hedberg. oh man you know I mean? yeah like him mitch Hedberg. like i'm a fan of comedy i studied the game, so you know it's just different people they and how it, they, they they call their lane out So me as Lucky Dollars, I hope to call my lane out as, you know, a 420 comic, you know, 420 very, 420 friendly. And uh, basically talk about, you know, my black experience and incarceration. And how you get out and do something with your life. And you don't have to be a statistic. You don't have to be. Even though it's set up against you, you don't have to be. You just have to have a strong mind, a strong heart, and a strong will. That's it.
0: Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. And, you know, I kind of came up hearing a lot of like, quote unquote, black comedy, because growing up, the only place I could see stand up on television regularly Mm. was BET. Absolutely. So I got into like watching, like, say, Bernie Mac, D.C. Mm -hmm. Curry. I ain't scared Uh, of you, motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Who you (laughs) with? So I grew up like listening to those comics mm-hmm. and then finally comedy caught fire again and yeah. you can see it like get exposed to all sorts of comics now. Mm-hmm.
1: So what lane do you think comedy's taking now? Uh dealing with social media as well. What lane do you see comedy going? Which way do you see it going?
0: See it's tough. It's tough to say because now they're forcing like everybody to be somewhat politically correct. People are getting shit for like saying jokes that you know you could say on stage and trying to take that away so i'm hoping it doesn't go way too pc mm-hmm. and take away Like, as you said earlier, like, one of the final frontiers of free speech. Absolutely. But, like, there's also the chance that, which I don't want to see this happen either, like, it could run the cycle, everything gets saturated, and then it's back to not being in clubs. But what I would like to see is it to continue to grow, people continue Mm. to be able to throw out whatever's on their mind, as long as it's not fucking hate-filled. Absolutely. But, you know say say what you got to say yeah. uh that's that's kind of where i want to see comedy go but yeah. as i said i could see it doing the other route too well
1: comedy right now uh there are a lot of people doing it everybody think they can do comedy comedy is really about the money at the end of the day it's about putting asses in seats yeah you can be the funniest motherfucker out there man you can be very hilarious but if you can't get nobody to come to that club and see you then you're useless Ain't nobody dealing with you because there are a lot of funny people out there and people just won't come to see them. So you got to have likability. You have to have some form of charisma, some stage presence, and you have to have a story. You have to have something to tell these people, something to talk about or else you just fizzle out. You know what I mean? And you have social media where a lot of comedians, um, like they're getting coming, like you get a, a, a million followers. And so comedy clubs are booking uh social media comics and they're filling the places up and but some of them don't have the content like they're not funny yeah and uh i just witnessed it in bellflower over at a convention and uh it was it was horrible she had 870k followers do skits she get one hundred eleven thousand, you know views per video and when she got on the mic, she bombed. She couldn't do 10 minutes. She bombed horribly. She didn't have no material. She didn't know what to do. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? This ain't that and that ain't this. So yeah. I'm going to develop my online presence, but right now I wanna to stick to the the bread and butter, what the real essence of comedy is. Standing up in these um, in these clubs, man, these smoke-filled rooms, some of them, which mine's gonna be, cause I like 420. And uh, <laughs> that's my goal, to have a room where I can smoke my weed and be on stage, and have Snoop Dogg and them come through and me yeah. tell some jokes. You know, make a couple dollars, so I can live comfortable and give me a couple freak holes. You know, live that lifestyle, like a rapper.
0: Right on. So, yeah, I I see social media playing a big role in it too. But like you yeah. said, you know, you gotta have your material yeah. there. It's kind of like we talked about Martin Lawrence earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to an interview he did. Uh, it's probably like ten years back. Uh-huh. But somebody was like, "What is the secret to stand up comedy?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "It's taking those you had to be there situations mm-hmm. and putting people there." You know, it's taken that and it's also like different, like doing a stage set than making a video where you can sit back at it, take multiple takes and shit like that. Because this shit is live.
1: Yeah, because it's a different muscle because uh, another Internet sensation that they call his name is Ryan Davis. Uh, In fact, I think I'm wearing this bracelet right now. It's my buddy. Right. Uh, He took me on tour with him, took me to the first community to take me on tour out of state. Me and take me on tour was Jess Hilaris, and she's mega popular on social media. We did six shows at Tommy T's, then we went down south to uh the Improv, Ontario to tell improv the Oxnard improv I was supposed to do with her, but I missed that because they had a slide, uh, a mud slide. You know, people lost their lives and things, uh, you know, uh, parents to their families, uh, for the mud slide. And so, uh, you know, I did that. And Ryan Davis, you know, he's you go on social media, his numbers are sky high, but uh. But in in uh in the comedy room, he does an hour of flame. Really? Fire. He 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 had a tour funnier on you know, funnier in person tour. I was on that tour with him. Then he took me on his uh almost famous tour. You okay. know what I'm saying? And so uh that's my great buddy. We talk, you know, I call him he you know he called me and uh that's one of my good guys in comedy, one of my good buddies. You know, Chris Spencer, he's a dope dude. You know what i mean and um like i say i hope to uh do great and bigger things and represent this oakland comedy man it's northern california
0: hell yeah man so one more thing before we get into uh the final questions here absolutely you have something you had an audition recently for kevin hart's heart of the city correct
1: yes i had an audition for kevin hart season three of heart in the city it was so dope man um and the thing is they gave us like they gave us seven minutes and I kept going over my, t- my material over and over and over, figuring what I'm gonna do, figuring what I'm gonna do. And then I I normally just go on stage, I don't tend to know what I'm gonna say, like I have my written <laughs> material, but I tend to not know what I'm gonna say. And yeah. so you know, I gotta engage the crowd, check them out, and then I go into what the mode and what the feeling is. And so that night, I was antsy, you know, like I'm waiting, I'm ninth in line, I'm like, oh man. So, you know, I'm an hour in, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm trying to focus. I, you know, you got butterflies. this is Kevin Hart. My life could change if they pick me. I get a, a real TV credit. You know, you're like, yeah. oh man. You're thinking about all the possibilities. So, they put up um, G King from Vallejo, good friend of mine, and he tears a patch out the club. After him, they put up Keon Poli. He beats them over the head and sucks all the wind out. Then they call me, and I had to turn it up. <laughs> now I was super nervous because I'm always nervous before any time. before I even get to stage, man, I'm about to pass out. Like I'm nervous, like oh, like I, I, you can see it on my face, like I'm about to throw up, whatever. Like, and so this particular night, I was like, whew, man, I was done. I was, <laughs> dude, I was like. Uh, 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 like sp- like a wet noodle Like a spaghetti <laughs> I was just just I was toe up And so then when they called my name I go up to the stage man And I get the mic And power up And everything changed And I just did my thing man And after I come off the stage They called another guy up And it was like People were saying Oh he can't come after you Because he's <laughs> supposed to be some vet man I, yeah. I don't know his name but he, uh, he, it was, it was real slow. He started talking to, to the crowd and it was just, at that point he was supposed to bring it home and he couldn't. So at that point people looked at me and, uh, I happened to be out of everybody that came out. I happened to be the younger of the comics who took yeah. stage that night. And I, uh, rumor has it that I whooped their ass. So Nice. Nice. so we're waiting to see uh if i'm going to be on season three representing the bay Area, Oakland, california you know lucky dollars we're gonna see what happens
0: when do you You find that out
1: i have no clue
0: all right just uh hurry up and wait type thing hurry up (laughs) and wait
1: i'm like oh my god i'm used to it but man this is heavy and whoever wins man i'm gonna support them i'm gonna come out to the live tape and kevin hart will come to oakland when they do tape it and i'm gonna support them whatever you know because it's an experience and uh you know, whatever happens, happens, man. And you know hey, I hope they pick me. Right
0: on. Is it only one winner?
1: Uh they're gonna be four four to be 4 4 to four comics.
0: All right, right on cool, you know, man. So. so, um, now how long have you been doing stand up comedy?
1: I've been doing stand up comedy for approximately about three and a half years.
0: Three and a half years. All mm-hmm. right, all right, cool. So in that three and a half years, mm-hmm. uh, what advice would you have picked up for somebody to pass along to a comic that maybe wants to get into doing stand up?
1: What I'll tell a comic that wants to get into stand-up, it is a very lonely place. It is a very... It is a grind. It is a guerrilla hustle. It is a grind. If you don't have the time to hustle... If you a family man and you got a job and you're doing a nine of five and you're trying to go to mics and shit man you 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 you're gonna be like a hobbyist it's gonna be like a hobby for you because there are people like myself i gave up my job i didn't i didn't give a fuck man i gave up my job and i pursued comedy 100 if i don't tell a joke and and, and get paid for my performances then i don't eat you know what i mean i survive 100 percent off comedy i'm living okay. and eating and breathing off comedy so you have to make a decision if you have a woman or a wife or somebody that's Very supportive, and they're going to let you pursue your dream. You have to hit that shit. If you're a young comic man, get as much stage time as possible. Three minutes, five minutes. Get as much stage time as possible uh, and keep writing. Never stop writing because you're going to be in the Bay Area. You're going to be getting seen at the same rooms over and over and over again. And the worst thing you can do is be saying the same motherfucking material over and over because the people that come, believe it or not, the crowd knows more about comedy than you do. (laughs) <laughs> comics and you know what I'm talking about they will come say your whole set to you tell you other comic sets oh I'm tired of this comic he says this all the time oh if I hear this one more time so Carlos Messia he told me that you want to say something different every time you're on the microphone and between him and I've done about 13 shows with Eddie Griffin and he's giving me a lot of knowledge and game. Uh, I do new material every time. Like tonight, I'm doing brand new shit, brand new material from when I was down in LA, when I did the J spot, when I almost got shot down uh in a in a, in LA. I had a red beanie on and a crip about to shoot me. Oh wow. Yeah, so, you know, I get to talk about all that tonight.
0: So, all right, man. Well, shit, I'll have to uh, listen up. But how much time, you guys? See so you checking your watch. You all yeah, right? We're
1: about to start at 7 o'clock. We got, I got 10 minutes. 10 minutes? Yep. All right. Well, how so much time do we need for the
0: show? We're finishing up. We got four more questions.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, take your time, bro. We ain't going to rush. Shit, they wait waiting on me. I'm Lucky Dollars. All right. Shit, I'm the man. I'm the star. You wait on me, motherfucker. Fair man. enough.
0: Fair enough, motherfuckers. Shit, let
1: me flex my melanin.
0: We'll come to forever. <laughs> Wakanda forever, yes. Um, So what are you doing to promote yourself? What I'm doing to
1: promote myself is uh, you have to be in the streets. Um, I'm from Oakland, California, and Too Short is an artist, uh, rapper, and uh, very known, legendary, been in the game over 20 years, and he used to sell his CDs out of the trunk. And so I'm out the trunk with it. I'm out the bag with it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in the streets. I'm in every club. I'm all over. I'm outside. You see me at the whatever you got going on. It could be a fundraiser. It could be something talking to the youth. It could be a picnic. It could be a party. But I'm everywhere, so people notice me. The main thing I'm doing is I'm staying relevant by staying uh, visible. Okay. I'm staying visible. And so I promote myself on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, uh, and I just get booked on hired for a lot of events, and I produce my own shows, which gives me more visibility. Uh, when I book people from, say, New York and Atlanta, and they share the flyer, then I'm getting visibility out there. So people start figuring out, hey, who over there in California doing these shows, treating these good comics like that? And then my name get out there. Nice. The next thing you know, it's networking. Network equals equal net worth. I don't have to have nothing. But if I got a person with a car that's willing to let me use it and a person that's willing to let me borrow 100 bucks, then that means I got a car and I got $100 in my pocket.
0: Because yeah. net
1: <laughs> equals net worth. You know what I mean? And you got to really understand that. So, And me coming from the bottom, man, I understand that.
0: All right, right, on man that is that is actually some good advice right there in promotion as well, and yeah I've heard I've heard that network is net equals net worth a hundred times, but that explains it perfectly mm-hmm. right there now, what would be a highlight or two that you have uh that you'd care to share with the uncontained audience? uh
1: two highlights that I have one uh highlight that I have is when I performed at the Paramount Theater in Oakland, California on Broadway. The reason why that was so huge to me as a young comic coming up in the game, being able to be introduced on stage uh, and on stage with the likes of Marlon Wayans, uh, okay. J.B. Smooth, um, who else was on the show? Man, there was so many. Fortune Feimster, um, Ryan Davis. Uh, who else was on the shows, man? There was so many funny people, Arsenio Hall. Uh, Tony Schofield from the 102.9 KBLX uh, Morning Dream Team, you know, uh, and man there was so many more comics on there, Ali Sadiq, brother out of Texas, Um, Bruce Bruce, can't forget about him, Chris Spencer, uh, man there was so many fire flames on the show and being able to do it and be introduced as Lucky Dollars, one of the comedians that's represented for my city, Yoko, California, and being, in, being able to perform in a prestigious place like the Paramount Theater. When, when I was a kid going to elementary, they were taking me there to see the nutcracker and i'm eating (laughs) you know sandwiches that uh, hot dogs cut in half with mayonnaise on it you know so it was just like from being watching that stage seeing the color pulper on there and other plays being able to perform on there all eyes on me coming out to too sure rocking my beast mode shout out marshawn lynch you know my dope era mr fab and it was just dope it was all oakland man it was just a great moment for me and the other highlight is that when I went to perform? Like I said, they called me Lucky Dollars. My name Lucky, and I was so lucky to have performed with Dave Chappelle at the Hollywood Improv, nonetheless. Yes. So that just man, I, I'm on a cloud high night. And when Arsenio Hall told me I killed my set, that that I'm, I'm yeah I'm on cloud nine.
0: It's always great to hear from like the legends that. You killed it, you know. There's no better validation than that, right there. And me and Arsenio Hall got to do a skit. Uh, from, <laughs> we got to do a part
1: of the a scene from Harlem Nights. Okay, when I was like, "Stop shooting that motherfucker! You shooting that piece, shoulder And he was like, "You killed my brother! Hey, you killed my brother!" shoot that day Pew.
0: like that so we was doing it was man. that your gun noise pew, pew. pew. That, it's a scene in hall of
1: nights everybody knows it when uh they're having a shootout and they're shooting fully like and it's a guy like pop pop they're like man put that up pop pop put that up so it was so funny though like.
0: right on man right on. Being able
1: to do that man I just gotta meet Eddie Murphy man Eddie Murphy and Kevin Hart. Man, I got to meet Eddie Murphy, man.
0: Of course. Of course, man. I do have to ask one question about uh, Arsenio Hall. Did he do the fist pump?
1: He did the fist pump. His finger really is long as a motherfucker. His finger's long. He eight <laughs> his fingers. His long as that microphone you hold. Eight-inch microphones. Wow. What his fingers here. Wow. That man shook my hand. His hand wrapped around my hand. <laughs>
0: I said, oh, this is weird. Yeah, no shit. It felt like a little kid shaking an adult's hand, probably. A little kid. (laughs) All right, man. So uh, when somebody comes to a Lucky Dollars show, uh, what do you want them to remember and take away from the show?
1: What I want them to remember is that they had a great time. It was very affordable, and it was family-oriented, and it was very, very funny and it was just a great time all around a great time you felt welcome the staff and the service were very respectful you got your food and prompt service and i would love them to experience that and i think that's the best thing and that's what i'm bringing together very very funny comedians from the first comedian to host everybody where you have a dope show and you get your money's worth and uh you're going to just have a great time, and it's, it's, it's family, it's fun. 17 and up, Tommy T's, man, May 15th, Lucky Dollars, check me out.
0: All right, perfect. Now, I have one question left, but first, uh, where can people find you on the Internet? Where can people get a hold of you? And uh, might as well plug your sponsors, uh, such as Beast Mode and Marshawn Lynch.
1: Absolutely, man. My sponsors in clothing, Beast Mode, Marshawn Lynch. Thank you very much. Raiders, we're going to do it this year. Uh, Dope Era, Mr. Fab, man, he's a rapper from the town, you know what I mean, I just got a jacket, you know what I'm saying, Funk Die, Filthy Rich, good looking out, man, it's town business, man, you know, I mess with everybody, and especially Yala Bird, Yali Bird, man, 420, man, that's what we're doing, (laughs) Yali Bird, over in San Francisco on Mission Street, check it out, man, recreational, just have your ID, and, uh, you know, shout out to Uncontained, man. I love this, man. Thank y'all for this platform.
0: Oh, thank you for coming on, man. I've had a great time. How Real quick, before the last question, how did you get set up with uh, Beast Mode?
1: Do I now? Excuse me?
0: How did you get set up with Beast Mode as a sponsor? I got set
1: up with Beast Mode through his
0: mother. <laughs> through his mother?
1: Yes. Uh, uh Sunshine Lynch. Okay. Shout out Sunshine Lynch, man. I call her Mama Lynch. I love her to death. You know, my mom passed about a year and a half ago, and then she stepped in. She's like, baby, I see what you're doing. She said, we got you. You know what I'm saying? She said, you're a son of Oakland, man. And they embraced me like no other. That's awesome. And so then she was telling Marshawn, like, he is funny. And so she comes to every show. She support every comedian coming out of Oakland.
0: Nice, nice. All right, man. So it is time for the final question. Uh, It is the title question of the show. Lucky Dollars, a.k.a. Jerry Law, how do you live uncontained?
1: How do I live uncontained, man? I live uncontained because... I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell you my life, tell you my story. I'm going to give you my truth, and you're going to have to accept it. And it's going to be funny. And that's how I live uncontained because I live up under no rule but anyone. Actually, I'm an outlaw. Shout out to Pop.
0: (laughs) Right on, man, right on. And one favor to ask of you is I have all my guests sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight?
1: What I'll tell all comics, man I'll tell everybody Keep pursuing this dream, man And what you're doing You're going to be broke a lot of times You're going to be broke, man You might be homeless You know Look at Steve Harvey's uh, story Look at Kevin Hart Look at Tiffany Haddish She was in the game 17 years Before she got her break Sleeping in a car In Hollywood In the safe areas You know what I mean? So you got to understand That this is a grind If you really want it They're going to be sacrificed That you all have to make You're going to have to be Willing to make them You're going to have to let Some friends go And you're going to have to Study this thing we call comedy And my name is Lucky Dollars and I live uncontained.
0: And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening and thank you to Lucky Dollars for joining me. I wish him the best of luck on his audition for Kevin Hart's Heart in the City. I will keep you posted on what happens with that as soon as I find out. And also I'll have links to Lucky's social media so uh, you can follow him there to find out what he is up to next, because there's big things in this dude's future. So, until next time, live uncontained.